All right, we're getting into week 15. It is the Bober and Hanley Pro Football Podcast. He is former NFL offensive lineman, and I'm happy to say newest inductee of the 2020 Nebraska Football Hall of Fame, Chris Bober. I'm Nick Hanley, but who really cares? Bober, I, I, can we at least address maybe one of the more funny things and a moment that I didn't even know would be so big uh, for you that I would have some kind of involvement in? I was, I was critical of you on my radio show last week, because when we taped our last podcast that morning, you said nothing about the Nebraska football hall of fame induction. And then, so later that day, I get the, the email as all of the rest of us media types did. And so I sent you a congratulatory text thinking you'd be like, Oh yeah, you know, I appreciate that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And your response was my favorite thing. You're like, this is the first time hearing of this. Where are you getting this information? Like, I mean, I, I literally read that text over the air as I am on doing my show, wondering like, oh, I wonder what, you know, Chris said as I text him a congratulations. And that was that was surprising. So I know there are better ways of delivering news than getting it from some radio hack like myself. But still, congratulations, man. That that is that is awesome. That is an amazing accomplishment. Well, thank you. It, it, I'm very honored by it, um, especially to to go up there and represent all the guys that I played with and people who supported me. And, you know, you, you did break the news to me. Um, you were the first one. And then other people in the media were texting me congratulations. Uh, to this point, we're, officially, we're a week or more out of this, and I still haven't gotten anything from whoever puts this on. But I'm pretty sure that's because, uh, you know, I think there's a game today and there's um, everything else going on. And we're not even going to be allowed to do whatever ceremony till next year. So um, I'm sure at some point they'll tell me in the other hall of fames, I got a phone call, but I'm sure they'll tell me at one point. Yeah. Very cool, man. Uh, So, so proud of very well deserving too. So awesome stuff. Uh, We're talking some NFL week 15, man. This is the, uh, I mean, the cream is obviously risen to the top and we'll get to last night's Thursday night football game, but you and I had a chance to talk on my radio show earlier this week too about what was probably one of the more epic Monday night football games that had so many twists and turns back and forth. Uh, easy to walk away from that game, being impressed both of these teams, even the Cleveland Browns who lost the game, but then also the little uh, you know mystery of what happened to Lamar Jackson. Did he have to go take a crap or was he really cramping? Uh, we don't know, but uh, all I know is Lamar Jackson had to deliver uh, a great effort, and and he did exactly that. Played like the guy that we thought he would be this year, the guy that we've seen him to be the last couple of years. So it was it was a great by him, but really by both of these quarterbacks. Yeah, and, and I was very appreciative of that because he's the quarterback on my fantasy team. <laughs> so um, I had a bye last week in the playoffs, and then as we get to, to um, the last night's game, two of my guys, Josh Jacobs and Hunter Henry had touchdowns. Yeah. So I, I had Josh I'm, I'm Jacobs looking too. good as of now, but the funny thing to remember is what happens to that game. You know, if the backup quarterback doesn't, doesn't tweak his knee, does Lamar Jackson stay in the locker room? Does, is that outcome happen just like it happened or is Lamar Jackson definitely the, the catalyst for that? So how unfortunate it is that you, you do a good job and you hit the quarterback and then you bring in, the league MVP to, to allow them to beat you. So both those teams, I think are good. They're, they're fighting for their playoff lives. Um, Cleveland's a little clearer path, but, um, but Baltimore, if they can play and Lamar Jackson can play like that, they can do some yeah. damage. Uh, last night's game again, and you had a, a divisional matchup between the chargers and the Vegas Raiders. And I was talking to you before we went on, uh, before we kind of get into the nuts and bolts of it. When I look back at the draft, 
And I think about the quarterbacks that were going to be taken. You know, Joe Burrow, I, I still felt there was a lot to be seen from him because he just had the one really, really, really good year. But it was just one year. And then you have, and like, Tua Tagovailoa that had that really bad hip injury. We weren't really sure. And then you're talking about other guys. Justin was kind of in the mix. And I remember listening to Joel Klatt say that if he was to sort of grade out Justin Herbert, he wasn't sure if you'd be him in the first round. And I, I just watched this guy throughout this season. He has thrown some incredible deep balls. His accuracy is way better than I thought. And you're, you're watching him, I think, continue to get better and better. And if you can have accuracy and if you can have the mobility and the ability to climb the pocket the way that he has shown at a really early stage in his pro career, it's hard not to really like what Justin Herbert is going to be able to bring to the table to the Chargers or, or anybody else who might have his services in the future. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing to me that they're losing games with this guy, although right. they, they pulled it off last night. Um, and he's a guy who you can definitely build your franchise around. That's going to be a really attractive job once um, their coach gets fired. Anthony Lynn, who everyone really likes, but just is not the leader, I think, at the head coach position we mm -hmm. thought he'd be. Um, that's going to be a great little, you know, go to L.A., have a, have a first-round draft, uh, draft pick quarterback who's playing like one and some good pieces. So this AFC West division, you know, talking about the game last night, <clears throat> it's hard to believe that the Raiders, this is the same Raiders team that beat the Chiefs. Yeah. You know, that, that almost beat them twice. And and has played. They beat they beat Cleveland out there. They they are so streaky, and I think they're they're on a bad streak right now. They their defense is just gets ran through like 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 no one's even standing there. And and they did stop the run last night. And and you know they fired their coordinator Paul Gunther. And I think Marinelli did an admirable job. But they're so beat up on the back end. It, it's a shame to see it because I thought they were going to be a playoff team. And I at this point I think they continue to fade. I don't know. If, if you can put them in that category anymore. Oh yeah, no question. I think when you look at them as seven, seven team, I mean, they're obviously a, a team that could snatch that seven seed, but the bottom line, I mean, with this expanded play, Chris, there are going to be teams that we consider to be legitimate playoff teams and teams that could do something. You know, when you think of a playoff team in, in the past, just, grab that wild card because we've seen teams get hot. You know, if you look at the Baltimore Ravens, when Joe Flacco was actually a thing, uh, that was the last wild card team to win a Super Bowl. And that wasn't that long ago against a good 49ers team. So you can do that by just getting that wild card. But I think we are also seeing both on the NFC and AFC side. And I would say the Raiders would fit that bill. If they were to make it into the, the postseason, I would say it'd be more of a backing into the postseason. I just look at certain teams and say, okay, cool postseason, but does anybody really take you serious? And and not because, well, nobody's taking them serious, so look out for them. It's just looking at them objectively and saying, there's nothing about this team that I, I feel like anybody is going to have a real big issue with. And I do. I kind of look at the Raiders. A month ago, I would have said, absolutely, if they can get in the postseason, this could be a, a team that is going to be a problem for other teams. Right now, I just don't see that. Yeah, and this is kind of a function of, of expanding the playoffs a little bit. You might include a team or two that that isn't quite up to par. Um, you know, I know you have an NFC East that's going to be a, a losing record, but, um, you know, the more you expand that out, the, the more you get like a blowout maybe in the first round of the wild card weekend. And yeah. um, that's kind of what we might see this year. All right, so now I think it's really cool to, for us to kind of maybe look into – what is a very pressing matter in the NFL is who's going to get the number one seed. 
And remember this year, we only have one bye week. One team gets a bye, has home field advantage uh, on, on either side, one in the NFC, one in the AFC. And if looking at the AFC, it's a little bit tighter of a window because really the, only the Chiefs and the Steelers probably are in the contention for this. Right now, the Chiefs are the number one seed. They only have one loss. Steelers have two. But the Chiefs got to go to New Orleans this week, big game. Then they play at home against Atlanta and Denver, two teams with losing records uh, that are not going to be playoff teams. But Pittsburgh, they have to go to Cincinnati, which should not be a huge deal. Uh, but then they have to play Indianapolis at home, and they have to go to Cleveland. And to me, Nick, what do you think? I think that that's a tougher road to go down to. I mean, obviously Pittsburgh is going to the playoffs, but to get that number one seed, I feel like Pittsburgh has a tougher way to get there than the Chiefs. Even they're a game behind now. Yeah, and the thing about the the Steelers right now is, look, it was one thing to lose to the Washington football team, and we were thinking to ourselves, okay, you know, the old adage, oh, you, you need to lose a game. It doesn't matter against who, lose a game, reset. And then last week, I, I thought that they would bounce back. I really did. And that's a good Buffalo team. That's, you know, it's an excusable loss. I mean, there's there's no shame in losing to Buffalo, but I didn't like the way that they played in that. So are we convinced that, that Pittsburgh is playing their best football right now. And that's maybe what I'm concerned about uh, for that team to go on the road. And again, when we factor out the home field advantage as far as crowd, but you start taking a look at weather elements, that to me is not as big of an issue in the AFC as it is in the NFC. And we'll get to that here in a moment. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that the way that the Steelers are playing right now, it is kind of concerning that they are sort of playing themselves out of that, I think that buy or that first round buy because this is a team that if you think about Ben Roethlisberger and the type of wear and tear he puts on his body year in and year out, a guy that I don't know how much longer he's going to be doing it because of the the amount of strain his body goes through. He's a guy that I think when you think of quarterback play in the postseason and guys that could really benefit from that bye week, I think of Ben Roethlisberger first and foremost out of any quarterback right now maybe other than Tom Brady, but Brady hasn't really been a, a you know, an injury real type dude. So yeah, I, I think that that is, it's very problematic for the Steelers right now. And I think that that would be a very big miss because I do see the Steelers as a team that could ultimately benefit more than anybody else. Yeah. Cause they haven't really had a true bye week Their, their bye no. week was taken away from them with the COVID rescheduling. Um, and the Steelers are just there. They can't run the ball at all. Right. I nope. mean, they shouldn't even try. And that's putting Ben Ben back there to throw the ball. 40 to 50 times a game and that's a recipe for disaster no matter how you spell it out i mean once in a while you know they're doing this by choice not because the game circumstances dictate that that's the only thing they can really do and then you couple that with the fact that their receivers have a case of the drops now yep. I mean, they have an average about six drops a game and that those are usually about six first downs they're missing out on and that's starting to catch up to them and now their defense is beat up I definitely see the Chiefs in a better spot. And, and the biggest deal of this, and we'll move on to the NFC in just one second, but home field advantage is great, but that buy is, is more valuable than you could even put a price tag on. Yeah. Especially now that there's only one, and every single team out there could use a buy about now. Yeah, I, I think the so. biggest advantage right now is just getting that bye week because, uh, again, home field advantage doesn't have that same type of advantage this year compared to other years because of lack of attendance. So, yeah, I mean, it, just being able to have that, that week of rest is always so beneficial. And when you factor into what all of these teams have been going through with the extra protocols with COVID, 
just a mental rest, mm -hmm. I think as much as a physical rest could be very beneficial. So yeah, you're definitely missing out on that. And I think the Steelers have really dropped the ball. I just don't see them overtaking it. Now we'll get to the one big matchup that could maybe put things back in, in favor of the Steelers. But yeah, looking at the NFC, it does come down to Green Bay and New Orleans right now. And New Orleans playing the Chiefs this weekend. Chris, there is a reason that Drew Brees coming off of what, 10, 11 mm -hmm. uh, rib fractures is going to be starting this week after hearing earlier in the week, Sean Payton sounding a little bit more pessimistic that Drew Brees would play. This team does not want to have to go into Green Bay in January. You know, again, doesn't even matter the crowd if there's any attendance or, or not. It's putting Drew Brees, an aging quarterback, and this offense and what they do with the rhythm. If you go into temperatures that are either below freezing or heaven forbid below zero, of course it's advantage Green Bay. So this is a huge opportunity for New Orleans to try to take over that number one seat or at least stay uh, with Green Bay so they could possibly, if Green Bay were to slip up, New Orleans is right there to take advantage of that and grab the number one seat. To me, this one is a very big deal in the NFC. When you look at maybe two of arguably the best teams uh, in the NFC, maybe if we want to include Tampa Bay in that or the Rams, anybody that would have to go into Green Bay, it's advantage Green Bay, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, the bye week and then the home field advantage really kind of rests solely um, as a huge advantage for Green Bay, just in the climate. Uh, interesting road these two teams have to take because Green Bay, um, you know, they, they don't have a tough, tough road, right? They got a nope. Carolina game. They go to Tennessee and they play Chicago, right? <laughs> Tennessee's a tough team, but the other two are, are, are not playoff teams. Um, New Orleans, think about this. They got to play probably the best team in football, but they get them at home, which is nice. Then they come back on Friday. On Christmas Day, they're going to play the Vikings, mm -hmm. Right. Vikings are a tough team. There's a lot of history there. Okay. These two teams always battle. Then they got to go to Carolina, which isn't a huge deal, but these, these two games in like five days, it's going to be tough. That's going to, that's definitely going to be tough. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that they're throwing Drew Brees back in there and we'll see how much he plays. Honestly, I think it, this is a little bit of gamesmanship by um, Sean Payton because now the chiefs know that they have to prepare for Drew Brees and for Taysom Hill. Right. Where I think going, I'm surprised they're putting Drew Brees out there. I wouldn't, I would just save him. You know, you're going to the playoffs. You have a, it's, I, I'd rather have a healthy Drew Brees going into Green Bay than get him hurt on the short week in, in two games in five days and not having him at all. Yeah. Right. Cause that's a different team with Drew Brees. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he doesn't play that much, if he starts the game, but Taysom Hill rotates, maybe he comes in for an obvious passing downs or a two minute drill uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to have a lot of variance and the chiefs have a big, um, big preparation for them. And then of course we got the Rams and the Seahawks who are just a game behind um, both these teams, but they're playing each other. Um, the Rams got the jets at Seattle and Arizona. Seattle has wash at Washington, the Rams and the Niners. So a lot of divi that division is going to be up for grabs. Then the, the, the wild card are number one seed too. So and um, what Good if I told you that the Vikings and Bears, the winner of that game this weekend, is still very much in the seventh seed, the the, the seduction of the seventh seed. Uh, Arizona has it right now, but those two teams, whoever wins that game this weekend, would only be a game behind, and Arizona still has some tough games in front of them. So 
Oddly enough, the Vikings looked putrid at the beginning of the season. They've kind of gotten things a little bit better. Uh, the Bears looked okay at the beginning of the year. They looked putrid, but then all of a sudden, they come out of nowhere and beat the crap out of the Houston Texans, and Mitchell Trubisky outplays Deshaun Watson. So that race to the seven seed, and again, it's a seven seed that if either one of those teams got it, I wouldn't take them serious in the in the postseason. Arizona, I could, but if one of those teams overtake Arizona, I don't put a lot of stock into them in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you know, the NFL is getting what they wanted. They got another team in there, and this is creating a lot of uh, different scenarios. These games mean more. You probably have probably five more games per weekend that are more that are now viable rather than just like powder puff yeah. for away games. Um, and before we get to this week, so let's look at our best bets from last week. You know, I was two and zero. Oh, you're one and one. Um, the Indianapolis Colts came through. Uh, I got I had a good feeling about them as the under as a, a best bet. They they handled their business against the Raiders and then Denver. Denver continues to play strong football as an underdog. Came out and flat out won the game. Yep, um, doing a good job. Tennessee came through for you by demolishing Jacksonville, and your Steelers just did not match up. Um, Thought they'd bounce back the wrong way against a Baltimore team that um, yep. is very motivated now. I got I got a great underdog for you. You're gonna be you, you, it's gonna blow your mind. You you. I'll save it when we get there, but I mean, you're just, you're not going to believe it. All right, man, let's get into, let's get into week 15. And obviously we had the, the, the chargers and Vegas Raiders played last night. Yep. Um, chargers come back and won in overtime and it, really that game. I'm surprised it was that close. I am too. And again, I, I, I praise Justin Herbert and you know what? I'm going to say this though, for a guy that has maybe been forgotten about because his time in Tennessee did not work out. I liked what Marcus Mariota did in relief of cars. So, you know, if, if Mariota is maybe giving, getting a little bit more confidence out of Gruden just with his performance, or if he might be auditioning for some other teams that could use his service, I, I liked what Marcus Mariota, he had that, the one touchdown pass he had before half. Yeah, uh, I, I thought, it. I thought it was, a, it was a dime, man. I mean, so you, you can still see the athleticism. You can still see the touch every now and then. It's just not consistent. And sometimes a change of scenery can be good, but uh, I liked what I saw out of Marcus Mariota, even in the losing effort. Yep. Great, great backup. Great to have a good backup quarterback. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. So I, I mentioned that one game that uh, could really much decide uh, who will at least stay on the heels of the Arizona Cardinals in that seven seed in the NFC. And that is the Bears Vikings. It's in Minneapolis. Uh, and this has been a very weird series when it comes to Matt Nagy against Zimmer in Minnesota. Now they've had games where Chicago, if you go back to 2018, Matt Nagy's first year, uh, they were already locked into the playoffs. They had already won the division. They could not improve their seat at all. So they sat some guys. They played guys for maybe only a quarter or a half. And the Vikings needed that game to get into the playoffs. Now, the Vikings at the beginning of the season were considered to be a Super Bowl type caliber team, and they were pretty good. They lose that game to the Bears team that was kind of mailing it in. And then last year, also in the regular season finale. Now the Vikings were already in the playoffs, uh, but they did play some of their guys. They were, they were banged up in certain areas too, but uh, the bears did beat them in the regular season finale. Now, again, it was a, a, a much different Minnesota Viking lineup. Matt Nagy has had Mike Zimmer's number in Minnesota, and I'm not trying to suggest, okay, the bears have woken up, but what they did last week against a terrible Houston Texans team, uh, the defense played well. Mitchell Trubisky looked like they had a game plan that it kind of fit his skill set. And given the success they've had in Minneapolis, 
I think this one is going to be very, very close. The Vikings, they run the football. We know they can do that with Akeem Hicks back and healthy for Chicago. I think this one is going to come down to the wire as it typically does. But do not be surprised if the Bears and all of their just awfulness somehow figure out to pull this one out. Yeah, you know, I, I'm actually taking Minnesota as my pick of the week. Um, and there's okay. there's one reason I'm doing this. And it, it isn't necessarily because I don't think Minnesota is going to beat the, the Bears. It's, 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 it has to do with the line movement, right? So the line opened up at minus six for Minnesota. And that was last Sunday at noon. But by time the game was over, it was down to four. And now it's down to minus three. And I'm looking at that. You're talking about trying to, you know, play the odds and hedge your bets, trying to get value on line movement is huge. And I saw a line move three points that, which is an entire, like through a key number that I'm like, why did it move? I, I can't find any real reason. I looked at the Vikings when they played Tampa last week, right? They had 10 more first downs. They had more yards. They had more pass. I mean, they held, they held the Vikings to under they could, like they could kick yards. the ball field goal, field goal issues. That's what yeah, it was. exactly. They, you know, they just, counted too much in their field goal kicker and they turned the ball over once. Right. I, and then I saw the bears who just kind of pulled this out of there. You know why we know the bears aren't that good of a football team. Mm-hmm. They're wearing down. I think there's way too much overcorrection in this line. And that's where I'm seeing the value here. I see a value at minus three for the, the, the Vikings. So they're my best bet this week. Cause I think they win by a field goal or more. Um, the bears could pull someone off. I, I would be a little more hesitant if it was the last week of the season when those miracles have happened, like you talked about, yeah. but seeing Minnesota giving up three points, um, to that line value, I think that's a great value there. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people jump on that. And by the time kickoff that moves back up a little bit. Yeah. I just don't think either, either one of these teams are very good. And so anytime you have that going on, anything can happen. Uh, the, the bears are coming off momentum. Maybe they feel like all of a sudden they figured something out and the Vikings are now like, Oh crap. Now we lost that seven seed with that loss to Tampa Bay. So how are they feeling again? It's they're, they're, let's not pretend these two teams are better than what they are. They're, they're both bad teams in their own way, or at least below average teams in their own way. So I'm betting the line value, honestly. That's three yeah. point movement for no apparent reason. I don't think the, the Vikings or Bears changed anything they last week. They just had different outcomes. Yeah, I, I totally agree. They moved off that line that much. I thought six is a better number. So if they're giving me three extra points, I'm taking it. Yeah. Uh, Bucks, Falcons, uh, look, the, the Buccaneers, that was a good win for them. But I mean, was it, was it the performance? Bober that you needed to see to believe that Tampa Bay can be a Super Bowl contender again, the Vikings, had a chance to make this thing yeah. extremely tight if the, if Dan Bailey can kick f- freaking field goals and he couldn't do it. So I still just cannot go all in on the Bucks right now. Now you got Bruce Arians, who has been extremely critical of Tom Brady all year long. It's not giving him that royal treatment is now telling people that you got to let Tom Brady off the hook. You got to get cut him some slack. It's like, Bruce, everybody has been doing it. You're the one who's been his biggest critic. Now you're 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 trying to cut him some slack. I don't know, man. It's something's weird about this Tampa team. Yeah, I mean, last week Minnesota was three field goals, a turnover, an extra point away from winning, right? And that's a lot, but you don't expect a kicker to miss that many field goals. That's a lot of mistakes, though. That's what it is. It is, it is. And, and they held they really held Tampa down. I mean, held them under 200 yards passing, right? They showed Tom Brady with a couple of big throws, but they were not very successful. And Minnesota does not have a great defense. So that's what was odd about it. But, you know, in this sense right here, I I think the play is, I mean, the line started out at plus one and a half and it went all the way to plus six for Atlanta. 
right? That's a huge movement, maybe mostly because Atlanta's kind of maybe phoning it in. The Raheem Morris effect is a little bit wearing off, but I still think the play is Tampa Bay here. Um, that's a short road trip. They've been home for a month. They're, they look rested. They should match up very well. I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to bet him, but I don't think you're off. If you think Tampa Bay is going to win this big game by a touchdown, I, I think it could happen. I think that Matt Ryan did not look good last week. He looked old. Yeah. There were a couple picks. So I would lean towards Tampa Bay on this one. Yeah. It's a game that I, it, I wouldn't say, Oh my gosh, it scares me. Stay away from it. I think I'm with you. I think the play would, would be Tampa Bay. I'm more just trying to figure out exactly what Tampa is in the postseason picture. But yeah, as far as this matchup, I think it's Tampa uh, again, if they are a team that we consider to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender or at least NFC champion type caliber team, they've got to win this by more than a touchdown because they're flat out a better team than Atlanta. Yep. Uh, Niners Cowboys. Hey, much like the Bears having a good weekend uh, in week 14, the Cowboys do too. How about that? And they are a three point dog against the San Francisco 49ers at home. I still have to lean with the Niners. I just feel like they're still more talented. If it weren't for the devastating injuries that they've had to deal with all year, I, I still think that that's a playoff team. I think so too. They let me down a couple of weeks ago, um, but Dallas really isn't that good. I don't, I don't, you know, they, they got a little, little momentum last week, a little revenge game for Andy Dalton, Right. but um, San Francisco plus three is still a pretty good play here um, or minus three, excuse me. And I would lean towards them. I, th- I think Shanahan is trying to build something there and he has a lot of tools he's he's still working on putting it together and it might not get in the playoffs but it's going to build for their future and i think he's invested in that and they do have some weapons back they should be pretty good uh lines titans uh uh, titans that have a big number that they have to cover 11 Mm -hmm. uh, is what i've seen as of late uh the lions even in some losing efforts have been competitive. Of course, there was that great comeback they had against Chicago two weeks ago. So I haven't closed the book on the lines because I think there is that feeling of liberation without having Matt Patricia there in the facility anymore. They like Daryl Bevel. Uh, Again, though, this comes down to the health of the most important player for the Lions, and that's Matthew Stafford. So I, I definitely am not taking the Lions or taking the Lions plus 11, but I still am not overly convinced the Titans are going to be able to pull that off. This is one I would just, for me personally, I would stay away from. I agree. The biggest X factor in this, I don't believe Stafford's going to play. I think he's um, really banged up. And you're looking at Chase Daniel coming in and that's a huge drop off. The one you want to work, look here is, is just see how the, how Tennessee looks, right? Um, What they do is really hard to be sustainable. You look at a, a guy like Derrick Henry who had over 400 carries last year, and he's got over 300 this year already. At what point do they kind of win games without wearing him down? Because yeah. that window closes really fast. I mean, I was on a, a Chiefs team that had Larry Johnson rush for 1,700 yards two years in a row. The next year, you just, I mean, just start, the wheels start coming off. You can only yeah. do so much. So I, I think watch for them to back him off a little bit and make be a little bit more balanced because they can win this game even without him rushing for 200 yards. So um, I'm more interested to see how Tennessee handles their workhorse here and see if they can give them a little rest. Um, Texans Colts, the Colts are a seven and a half point favorite. And this is where I'm going to go with my um, taking the favorite this weekend for what I saw from Houston against a, a bad bears team was despicable. Uh, Deshaun Watson couldn't even save them. It it basically gave me a a feeling of a team that is just done. 
and they're just trying to play out the rest of the season. They went through the coaching change. Uh, they've gone through a lot of different drama uh, with the offseason move of getting rid of one of your best wide receivers and then also having a receiver pop now for uh, PEDs. So uh, this is, I think, a team that even Deshaun Watson and how incredible he is can't even save them. Their defense is, <clears throat> is battered. And I like the way the Colts' offense is all of a sudden starting to play. The Colts have a good defense, so I think they're more than capable of slowing down Deshaun Watson and a, a, just a, a really a, sort of weaponless team all of a sudden around Deshaun Watson. But I think offensively, I think they can run some circles around this Houston defense. So I'm going to take uh, the Indianapolis Colts in the seven and a half points or even eight points from what I saw in one book too, that uh, they are laying in this one. Nice. Well, it's kind of funny because we're going to go head to head on this one because I'm taking Houston, man. Oh, seven, like the value of seven and a half points. Um, Houston, in my mind, is okay. Last week, you know, the, right before the game, Brandon Cooks ha- all of a sudden has a mysterious illness and can't play. Um, they're, they're down to their fourth receiver. And I think Deshaun Watson is playing as good as any quarterback in this league right now. I, I saw him where, you know, he could have won that game a couple weeks ago with a bad snap. You know, they could have beat a, a good, I think that was against Indianapolis, wasn't it? And, and they're coming back. Uh, yeah. I think Houston, I just think in a second time around, I don't think they lose by more than a touchdown, right? I don't know if they'll win this game, but seven and a half, you give me seven and a half points. I love the spread here. I like Houston in this spot. Um, I think they, they had to play on the road. They've been on the cold weather and this is them going on the road, but they're back in a dome. So let's just see. I mean, I don't think Houston wins this game, but I don't think they're going to lose by a, by a touchdown, by more than a touchdown. So set, we'll take a seven and a half. We'll give you okay. seven and a half. We'll go from that, and then we'll see who 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 comes out on top here. Last time we went head to head, you you took me with Buffalo. I think the Colts win like thirty-five to thirteen, but that's uh, <laughs> I'm probably overreacting from what was just a horrific performance they had against the bad Chicago team. All right, so uh, the Patriots yeah, Dolphins. Burn. What's that? Everything that happens in Chicago just just eats at you. <laughs> It does. I mean, it made me want to believe like, oh, does Chicago still have a shot at this playoff? And then I'm like, ah, sometimes I say crazy things. I do that, you know. Uh, the Dolphins and the Patriots, the Patriots they had a shot at the, the playoffs a week ago. They lose. Uh, Dolphins, they need this game to just, again, sort of solidify their standing, solidify themselves as a postseason team. Uh, Miami is laying three. This is a game I'm uncomfortable with because I do like the Bill Belichick factor when it comes to defending young quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, and I do like what they can do. The only problem is Cam Newton. <laughs> I mean, who is that guy right now? I, I he's 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 just not good. And the thing I've loved about the Miami team all throughout the year is their defense. Their defense is is exceptional. So. If I were to take a game or take a side in this one, I probably, the, for me, the play would be Miami laying the points. Uh, there's always going to be that reluctance because of Bill Belichick against young QBs. But I just think that the Miami defense, for me, is kind of what stands out in this matchup. You know, I, I, I lean the other way. I'm not going to bat him, but I lean the other way. I think New England wins this game. I think it means a lot to Belichick to preserve his legacy. And he has a legacy of really beating up on, on first-year quarterbacks. He's really good at it. And, I, and they're getting some of their guys back. I heard Wes Welker. Uh, I'm sorry, not Wes Welker. Um, no, uh, Edel- Julian Edelman. 
He's going to be other, the, other, the other short, fast white receiver. <laughs> yep. Yep. He's going to be back this weekend. Miami. I think they had a big letdown. They almost come back and beat the chiefs. Um, they, they lost a lot of players last week. You know, Gaskins is out. I think Gasecki's going to be out. I just think it's time for them to have a letdown and um, Parcells loves winning his division game. So I think Parcells out coaches them. And I think they win this game. If I were to, they were close to being one of my, my underdog of the week. Um, just, I didn't like the spread cause it's down to like one and a half. Now, if it was three, I'd probably take it, but I think New England does well. I think, I think Belichick wants to win this game and he'll find a way to do it. Cause Miami doesn't blow your way Two is not looking that great. Honestly, mm. I think he's okay. And I think he's, he's going to be good, but right now he doesn't have anyone to throw the ball to and they don't have a running game because Gaskins is out. So I think Belichick has an advantage here. How about this one? And I was so tempted to take this as my underdog, but I don't want to overreact to the WFT. Washington football team is a six-point dog at home against the Seattle Seahawks. They have won four games in a row, and they are sitting atop of the NFC East. So right now, they are a playoff team. I've not been overly impressed with Seattle. Uh, I think their defense is not good. I think their offense has had so much stress on it that even sometimes it can crack every now and then, even with Russell Wilson and, and DK Metcalf. This one is very tempting for me. I'm not going to do it, but if you were to say, hey, you got to make a choice on this game, I would take Washington in the points in this particular matchup. That's interesting. I, I think a little bit more to Seattle, mostly because I think Washington might be at the end of, of what they might be tapped out, right? Um, kind of like how the Giants were last week. You know, you have you won four in a row. Alex Smith probably won't play this game. If you put Dwayne Haskins in there, I'll bet against him all day long. I mean, I don't think he knows right or left, honestly. Um, it, I think it's a bad spot for Washington. I think Seattle one thing they do is stop the run and Washington controls the game by running the ball, short little passes and Seattle, whoever, whatever they are or not, they can, it's still Russell Wilson out there. It's still DK Metcalf. They got some, some dudes over there. Yeah. I think, I don't know about the spread. I, I still will probably lean towards Seattle. Honestly, um, the spread went from three. It's up to six now, which kind of shied me away from it, but I think I'd see the play with here would be Seattle, even going to Washington. I think, I don't think Washington has much left in the tank. I mean, Alex Smith, all that pertains. I don't think you can do that with Dwayne Haskins. I don't think the same thing happens. You might be right because I think there was sort of this inspired team factor with mm -hmm. Alex Smith, not only playing, but actually making plays to help that offense get some points. So yeah, that, that very well could be, again, I wouldn't touch it, but, wouldn't shock me if uh, the, the W the WFT could cover at the very least. All right. So the, I got a, I got a wild theory about this next one. The Ravens Jaguars, uh, Baltimore is a big favorite. Uh, they got, they're laying a big number at 13 to 13 and a half points. I saw it at 12 and a half at 1.2. Um, uh, Lamar hasn't been the kind of player that he was a year ago, MVP type player. He, the way he played in Monday Night Football, I'm going back to this cramping or crapping issue. I'm just going to say that Lamar Jackson had a tapeworm for like the last two weeks, maybe a month. And he, he finally, finally got yeah, he crapped it out. That That's <laughs> what he was dealing with. He was finally ready to pass that thing. And you saw, I mean, he was playing good up, up to that point too, but you saw the way that he played afterwards. I mean, how many of us have, you know, had a little bit of stomach cramping, all of a sudden we go take care of business. We come out, we're a new man. 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, my, my point is I'm going to take Lamar Jackson the rest of the season. He's going to ball out. So if you want to throw 13 points against a terrible Jacksonville team and a team that knows that they cannot win, they've got to get one of those two quarterbacks. So they got to stay on the losing end of things because their, their rewards come in April. Yeah. I would still take Baltimore in that big number. Yeah. It's kind of funny. There's a lot of looks at this game. Um, the big thing about Baltimore is looking at it. This is their fourth consecutive day on six days rest instead of seven. Right. So they've had a pretty tough run here. Could be at the end of their rope, which, which is why a lot of money's coming in on Jacksonville, yeah. uh, just because it's a bad spot for Baltimore just at the end of a long, hard month. Honestly, I am rooting for, for um, Baltimore because I have Lamar Jackson as my fantasy quarterback. Um, one thing to look at here, the over under I, last time I checked was like 47 and a half. Mm-hmm. I like the under there. Um, I think Baltimore, that's all they can do is run the ball. So there might not be enough time to score 47 and a half points. I don't think Jacksonville will score very many. They, they have checked out, honestly. Yeah. But I don't think, I think Baltimore, even if they get a, if they get a two touchdown lead, let's say it's, you know, 21 to seven. I think they just run the ball and they might not score again. They'll just run the clock out. So I like the under in this one. The biggest play I would say is the under because um, neither of these teams score a lot of points. I know we're just, and I think the market might be overreacting to the huge number that was put up against Cleveland, but they're not going to be in the shootout this game. The Rams and the Jets, uh, another huge number. The Jets, another team much like Jacksonville, do not win a game, whatever you do, because you got to get your man, whether it's Lawrence or Fields. And so the Rams at nine and four, good defense, uh, a very sophisticated offense, capable offense as well. They are a big favorite, 17 points. Chris, I mean, it should happen, but uh, anything over two touchdowns to me, I, I, I'm never comfortable in the NFL. That's not to say that the, the Jets are going to win, but I mean, what if they hang close and lose by 13? You still lose this bet. Yeah. Yeah. And I think anything can happen. A backdoor cover, a, a kickoff right. return, um, someone ball like Perryman balls out or something like that. So I'd stay away from this too. Uh, Cardinals, Eagles, uh, the Eagles, you know, they're, they still got a pulse. They still got that one tie that might be a factor in that divisional race. But uh, look, the Cardinals, they've got to stay ahead of whether it's the Vikings, or the bears, they are the sole owner of that seven seed right now. Uh, the Eagles are desperate. The Cardinals, in a way, in a different way, are desperate. But both these teams are playing for their playoff lives right here. So I, I think this is going to be interesting. And Jalen Hurts, man, I mean, the guy, th- there's something there with him. And I think when you do make that quarterback change, you would know this better than I would. That can have that lasting effect. And at some point, maybe it does come to an end. But I am curious to see what this Philadelphia team now looks like with Jalen Hurts for another year or another week as a starting quarterback, because last week, Hey, it got him the result that they needed. So uh, this is another one I think is very interesting. I think it's gonna be a great game and it's a game that I just, I, I, I would not take, uh, I wouldn't take the Cardinals as far as the points right now. I'd, I'd maybe consider the Cardinals. I mean, six and a half is a bigger number, but there's a couple of factors that are playing here um, on the Philadelphia side. I think Jalen hurts kind of, you know, as you get more film on a guy, he all of a sudden becomes a little bit more manageable, right? Teams know how to prepare for him. Um, the Eagles, man, they're secondary. You talk about decimated. Yeah. Clouds out. Darius Slay is in the concussion protocol. Adams is out. 
that's going to be tough. I think that's going to be, be tough. Kyler Murray all of a sudden started running the ball again. He looked way better last week. Thanks a lot, Giants. Um, but he looked awesome. I mean, he did. He, he, he ran around and did a lot of stuff. Vance Joseph loves the blitz. I think you're going to see him come out, come after Philly. I think Hertz is kind of put in check. And I think Kyler Murray kind of, I really believe that he's going to have a pretty good game here. So six and a half is a number. I, I don't, I don't want to bet it, but I would lean towards Arizona winning by a touchdown. I think the the Philadelphia kind of gets found out for who they are this week and shows that Jalen Hurts maybe isn't the answer. Cause I think they're going to, they're going to kind of find out how to stop him. Uh, big afternoon games. And I forgot, we do have two Saturday games. We got to go back to here in a moment, but we'll do that once we get through these Sunday afternoon ones, uh, chief saints, at last check, Chiefs are laying three on the road against the Saints. Uh, I told you before we came on today that I love the Chiefs in this one because I just think they're flat out a better team. And this is another opportunity for them to sort of prove it against a team that, uh, you know, everybody else is saying, hey, this could be a potential Super Bowl matchup, a Super Bowl preview. I just feel like those types of games, the Chiefs, their personnel, Andy Reid, they relish these opportunities. Andy Reid versus Sean Payton, Drew Brees likely playing. Yes, the Saints need this game way more than the Chiefs do, but I still love the Chiefs in this one. I'm a little, uh, I'm a little scared the Chiefs could lose this game, honestly. Don't um, tell me that. Mostly because, and I don't want that to happen. I'm looking where my Chiefs stuff, right? Yeah. Um, this game has way less importance for the Chiefs than it does for the Saints. Right, the Chiefs could lose this game and still get the number one seed. Um, they they have a guy's injured. I I just feel like you get into a game and it starts going a little crazy, and the Chiefs just say, you know what? Let's not exert everything here to win this game that isn't as important as it is to, mm-hmm. the, to them. I'm not saying that's going to happen because because the, the Chiefs kind of cruise right now, but putting Drew Brees out there, I think I think will be a huge benefit for the New Orleans Saints. They're playing for a lot. They're at home. Um, I'm looking for a good game. I'm pulling for the Chiefs. I just I got a little bit of a gut feeling that that this might be, you know, the 14 and two. This might be the two, the number two loss. And I think they went out after that, and still get the number one seed. It, it could be. I, I just I, I that's why I wouldn't bet it. I just got this feeling. I don't know what it is. I got this feeling. 42 to 28. You think that? I, hey, if I Chiefs. love you to be wrong, I love for you to be wrong. Um, I also kind of have this fact that um, I, Chiefs losing the game might be an okay thing about now just to kind of wake them up a little bit. Oh, they need to well, lose. To oh, okay, all right. Uh, Browns, Giants. Uh, this one I'm curious about as far as, well, first of all, the, the Giants sitting there at five and eight right now as we talk about that amazing NFC East. The Giants are trying to track down Washington, so they are desperate. The Browns, look, they look great in the Monday night game. I like the way that they're playing, and they played well enough, I think, to win that football game defensively, just could not make the necessary stop. But I would be curious if there is a little bit of the letdown, a little bit of the hangover from what was such an exciting game that maybe this at least puts the Giants' number in play. Not saying the Giants win, but it does keep this thing more competitive. Yeah, I, I guess I, I wouldn't be able to, to kind of handicap this one. I honestly think the Giants are kind of done. Um, I love my Giants. I think that this year with what they've done, they've really shown that they are an improving team. But if you're going to throw Colt McCarry out there, 
I just don't have a lot of faith in that. I, well, I, I guess I'd rather have him out there than a Daniel Jones on one leg. Yeah. But the, the Giants are a team that had only a handful of pieces that are really special, and they've lost now. They lost Barkley. Um, Daniel Jones isn't as special. I think it's a lot to ask them to go out and do this game. They, they're, they, they've, they're like 0-7 on primetime for the last seven games. And I know Cleveland had a big game, but and it's a short week for them. But what they do, I think, translates well to just grind it out, pull out a victory. You know, they, they can run the ball. They can pass it. I think Cleveland, I would lean towards Cleveland by the points even. Um, I, I hope I'm wrong. Hope my Giants pull one out. But it just does not look good for New York right now. They're, they're, they're at the end of their – they're kind of get to the thing where they're not quite contenders yet, and I think it's going yeah. to be shown. You have not given your – have you given your underdog yet? You have not, right? Yeah, I did. I get, oh, my underdog did. was Houston. Oh, oh, that's right. It was well, Houston. Houston Minneapolis. That's right. So my underdog, this is going to blow your mind, but I, I come with numbers. Are you going to pick Cincinnati? No, no, no. I'm going back to Saturday's game. Okay, we got okay. two games on Saturday. We got the Bills-Broncos where Buffalo is a seven-point favorite. You know, I've been riding the Bills a lot. And yeah. then we've got Panthers-Packers. Uh, at 7:15, a primetime game. Green Bay is an eight-point favorite. I am, and I've ridden both the Bills and the Packers as favorites throughout this year. I am going to take in my underdog the Carolina freaking Panthers to cover, and here's why. Did you know, Chris Bober, that one young quarterback in Theodore Bridgewater is 12 and three? against the spread mm. 12 and three and this is that, that's not just the only reason i'm doing this i don't like green bay's defense i really don't so i think they win this game they probably win by even a full touchdown i still cover so yes give me carolina i'm going to take the numbers the trends and I know that's not always an exact science, but I'm going to I'm going to use that and also use my eyeballs on what it tells me about Green Bay's defense. And I am going to take the Panthers to cover that eight points. Nice. Hey, not, it's not a bad bet. It's not. A, um, Green Bay's been a go big or go home kind of mm-hmm. kind of team, and this might be their their letdown. Um, I would love to see that happen because then the NFC is a jumbled mess for yep. that number one seed. And it's going to get really interesting down the stretch. I still think the Packers win, but they probably win by like four. Yeah. I mean, my, my gut tells me, you know, there's my gut tells me that, that Green Bay is still good, but I, I do know that they, they can be a little complacent as well. Um, is McCaffrey coming back? Do you know that? Yes. Sounds like he is yeah. also in play. That would, that would take that yeah. number under a touchdown for me. So yeah. I think you're good with your, the value on your number. I like that. What, what about, um, Buffalo Denver. This is a sneaky good game in Denver. It is. And let's see. I'm going to pull up the the forecast for that game. It looks like, oh, you know what? Of course. Good for you, Buffalo. It's 45 and sunny for that game. Uh-huh. And they get the they get the day game. They don't want the night game. So but I mean Buffalo, hell, Buffalo, I was I was watching a video of them this morning. They were whipping snowballs at each other because Buffalo had that lake effect snow and that big. Oh, it was like they had something like 40 inches of snow. So uh, Buffalo could handle that, but this is, you know, you, you have taken Denver covering a lot and you've been right. Most of the times, this is another game that I would stay away from because it wouldn't shock me if that happens. If, if Denver either covers it or outright wins somehow, just one of those weird Saturday games, one of those, you know, quick turnaround type type situations. 
Yeah, the line hasn't moved a ton here. Uh, Buffalo goes in a tough spot. They've had two consecutive primetime games, two big wins. And they, I think it's going to be hard. It's a short week again for them. Six points is how I see it. I I, I would lean more towards Denver covering that. Yeah. Not necessarily thinking they're going to win because Josh Allen has proven that he, he can really make a comeback. And, and Drew Locke is prone to making some, they're prone to making, making some mistakes. Um, turn the ball over let's also say denver they only have three active cornerbacks they're, they're getting decimated in their secondaries too they have five dbs who are out either for covid or for injuries that's going to be tough against stefan diggs cole beasley um i'm just hoping we get a, a great game here because i think these yeah. two teams are, are, are a good matchup for each other the Monday nighter, not a great one, but it's, I mean, the Steelers, they needed, I think it comes at a perfect time for the Steelers to just get right, taking on the Bengals. Bengals obviously been without Joe Burrow for a while. Uh, they're kind of a mess. And uh, I mean, it's, it's a, it's an organization. I don't think anybody's overly disappointed in because they got their franchise quarterback. Unfortunately, he just got injured. So uh, the Bengals are uh, plus 13 against the road team the Pittsburgh Steelers I, I feel good about the Steelers in this game now necessarily covering that number I don't know but I do feel like Pittsburgh this is the perfect opportunity for them to get confidence much needed confidence back into what they're doing yeah I would not be surprised if Pittsburgh absolutely blows them out and, and yeah. you know look at Cincinnati who has so many injuries if they get down big, I don't think they have a, you know, a Joe Burrow type comeback in there. I think it just kind of goes the way of like how the jets have been losing 40 to three and, you know, games like that. I think it wouldn't be surprised if it's like a 40 to three game, honestly, yeah. um, Pittsburgh kind of need to see that though, out of the Steelers. I mean, like, I, I feel like as we've been talking about Tampa Bay, like, all right, show me something. I, I see you lost a couple games here. Now show me something, show me why I should believe that you could beat the Kansas city chiefs in an AFC championship game. Is this that type of game where you do need to see them sort of go ham and be able to just kind of blow up the, the Bengals? I would not be surprised if, if they get a big lead and just cruise. I mean, this is their third game in 11 days right? They have had a short yep. window here. So they're way better than this team. They should play way better than this team. The, they're in a perfect spot to really win by a couple touchdowns or more, but mostly because Cincinnati has no firepower at all, right? If you look at the, the firepower they do have, it came against on kickoff returns and things like that. I don't think Pittsburgh gives that up. I think yep. they're in a spot where they said, listen, let's just, let's just nail one here, get our confidence back. I, I think they'd win. I, I think they, I would take them to cover the 13. Um, I'm not putting my money on it, but if I had to lean one way, I'd say Pittsburgh comes out and just balls out. I think Claypool has two touchdowns. Juju has two touchdowns. You know, I think they just have a huge, huge day here. And just second half, you see Roethlisberger come out and they just kind of cruise. Week 15, that is what we have. And it's crazy to think that when we talk next week, it of course will be Christmas time, but we will only have two more weeks in the regular season before we get to the playoffs. So uh, we are getting flat out down to it, which is a fun time of the year. Bober, good stuff, my man. Uh, have a great rest of your week. I know we will get a chance to talk next week before Christmas, but of course, happy holidays to you and your family. And uh, congrats again on the Nebraska Football Hall of Fame induction. That is awesome. Thank you so much. And we'll see you once next week. Have a good one. All right. You too. It's not a game, it's a red stick.